The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. We've got uh, the Virgin Islands Energy Office Director, uh, Chairman of the WAPA Governing Board, um, Mr. Kyle Fleming, uh, here in the studio and joining us uh, on the line, uh, the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority Chief Executive Officer, uh, Andrew Smith, uh, joining us uh, as we are, uh, <coughs> I'll use the right word here, processing um, a, a revelation uh, from Wednesday afternoon with respect to our uh, energy supplier, uh, what have you, um, and what I deem as a threat. Uh, that's what this is. I don't want to, to sugarcoat it. Um, they've decided that they want to play hardball with the people of the Virgin Islands um, uh, as our energy supplier. and um, There's a financial situation that's going on. Uh, we need to, to actually find out um, where do we go from here, um, Mr. Chairman. Um, the board meeting or the board met already? And, and, and if so, um, without breaking uh, confidentiality, uh, how do we go about Number one, addressing the immediate issue with respect, which looks like it's a money issue for, for Vital, and then a long-term issue with respect to the management of infrastructure, which I brought up on Wednesday. Um, if, in fact, that scenario presented itself uh, and we got that money and we had the ability to buy out um, uh, ourselves from this this deal, um, I'm going to leave it at that. You know, cause it's, it's an NPR station. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say this you know, from from the board perspective. You no, know, there, there has not been a meeting, and, and and the community would know because the if any board meeting, whether it be general or even emergency, you know, we announce to the public and, and always inform the community of, of any of those discussions. So, um, but the leadership team has been keeping the board uh, well informed as these discussions um, are evolving across multiple platforms, uh, and I think that that's been, <clears throat> you know, as as. There's still discussions around, like you know, action. Obviously, he hasn't. Outside of the the threats, you know, no actions have been taken. So at this point, we are still letting the leadership team go through uh, the motions and 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 looking forward to. We will be meeting at the end of this month as our, our as our general governing board meeting. Um, if action needs to be taken, or if there is any action to be taken that required earlier. We, we have platforms and forums again and, and public notifications will be we widely circulate to let the community know of any uh formal actions and discussions that the the board will be having in regard to this but you know to to the point of you know as these discussions are going i mean the, the board is very much so um, has always been engaged and and looking forward to seeing as we know resolution needs to be enabled um and, and understanding that it's it's not a straightforward solution um, and, and but we are been kept well informed and well abreast of the progressions and you know again to the to the point we can discuss them in as public a form as we are there is a clear awareness and and if we need if action is to be taken the board is always ready and willing to do so well 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 let me ask this question because um, Mr Smith what the governor saying because the, the government been subsidizing our fuel costs um, for an extended time now um, so what's the take what's the deal what are you hearing. 
So, so we, we I, you know, I don't want to get into too much, you know, public comment because obviously, you know, we're, we're seeking to negotiate with VTOL, right? And it's not to our advantage to provide really any details around that. But we are, we are certainly in conversations uh, with Government House on how to respond. Uh, and that will be, you know, that will be advancing here in the coming days. Um, so we are, we are certainly engaged on this situation. Um, and I kind of want to leave it at that level because, you know, we, we ideally will have a conversation with VTOL that hopefully culminates in resolution of this with, with transfer of ownership uh, to the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority. And we solve this issue once and for all. Um, I, I want to, you asked, you made a comment just real quick about operation of the system. I want to assure, assure the listening audience. So VTOL does not actually operate the system. They contract with a third party subcontractor who operates the system, right? So, so, you know, in a simple fashion, we could simply, you know, take over that third party relationship. It's a company called St. Knowles and they could just continue to operate. Um, so, so, you know, assuming there's an agreement to be made whereby that transfer happens, the operations could be transferred seamlessly from my perspective, but we, we are, we are looking to come up with a coordinated response uh, to engage with VTOL and hopefully get to a constructive resolution for both parties. So, uh, in the interim, how do we uh, ease the concerns of the, the ratepayers? Because you know we're the ones who've been, you know, dealing with the brunt of this energy crisis for the better part of two decades. Neville, I wish I had comforting words. Um, uh, you know, because because the resolution of this, quite frankly, is is you know is in VTOL's hands. Right. They, they have they are they are the company that has chosen to shut off fuel supply, not WAPA. Right. Um, again, WAPA has consistently told VTOL that there's a there's a, a plan to address the debt to VTOL. Uh, we have consistently been open to negotiations and VTOL still insists on one hundred and forty five million dollar payment. So now they've elected to shut off the off the fuel. But, you know, the assurance I can provide to the listeners is that, um, you know, I since day one, I have been here fighting for the Virgin Islands and I've been here fighting for WAPA. I've been here fighting for our employees uh, because we, we've got to fix WAPA. We, we are we are on the cusp of turning this around. Uh, and now now we've had, you know, our again, our preferred fuel suppliers elected to, you know, to to take advantage of our vulnerabilities. Um, and so we're, we're, we're fighting that. <clears throat> the, the, the difference, and this is, again, assurance I can provide the audience, is that um, making a payment to VTOL that, does, that is just a payment to turn the fuel back on is unacceptable, right? Because we've done it before, and it's not worked. It is, it was, all it did was send money to VTOL, and we got nothing for it. So the other assurance I can give the audience is that we are, we are approaching this from a different angle, right, that we will not just send money to VTOL for nothing. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so in the interim, um, the ratepayers, what do we do? We get subjected to the, to the rolling blackouts? Unfortunately, Neville, I don't have a choice. Right? And again, it's not a choice I want to make. It's quite frankly the worst decision I've ever had to make in my career. Right, The worst decision I've ever had to make in my career. But it's out of my hands. I was forced to make the decision. I was forced to make the decision by a multi-billion dollar global company who's chosen to shut off the fuel to the community of the Virgin Islands. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Neville, I, w- I wish I could tell everybody I could keep the lights on and everything would be great and we'd all have you know, electricity and our, and our cistern pumps would work and all that would be great. I can't. That, that, that's been taken out of my hands. Right? It's been taken out of my hands by our preferred fuel supplier who has chosen to shut off fuel supply to the territory. Um, 
Mr. Chairman, the, the, the federal government has been known um, to, to step in from time to time. Um, our situations as an insular possession uh, is unique. Um, you know, we're not connected to a grid. Um, I think that allows for us to have um, uh, some type of or, or expect uh, some uh, level of understanding given these special circumstances. Um, how much longer are we going to be subjected to, to being, uh, you know, to our existence being dictated, you know, by, by, by a company, you know, whose history speaks for itself? Well, I think I think one of the key points to, to note relative to the to the federal engagement, you know, work engages the feds on a, on a regular basis throughout the not just through the spectrum of projects that we have underway, but also the spectrum of projects that we have forthcoming. And as a result of that, the the various federal partners that work in support of the authority uh, have been aware of the challenges and the, you know the, the the reality of the challenges have been well communicated to them. And we can continue those constant engagements with those teams because at the end of the day, the creative problem solving around, you know, deriving a solution here is, is it really takes an all hands on deck effort. So, you know, this isn't the type of situation where it's, it's and which is good for us because it's not the type of situation which only in the case of emergency is now the concern being elevated and brought to, you know, our federal partners. This is a ongoing discussion. So yes, there, while there might be some peaks or spikes in in some of the urgency of the action that need to be taken. I think the value is having these conversations continuously and then being abreast of the situation, not just from the emergencies, but just our our, our, our day-to-day profile of challenges. Uh, you know, the understanding of we, we, the improvements that need to be made. I think I think that's one of the things that's been, you know, I, I, I hope isn't, you know, lost throughout and the community understands. It's not two catastrophic storms in 2017. The federal government steps up and uh, makes money available so that we can harden our infrastructure and all that stuff. And you would think that Vital would want to play a part in a true partnership mentality in wanting us to get to the point where our infrastructure is sound and it, it seems to me the impression that, that I'm getting is that they want it like how it was pre-hurricane because it looked like they get they, they, they believe that um, they got in to this deal because they looked at us as a dysfunctional society 
and they want it to remain like how it is. I, I would think that they would want us to be better off. What, what, so so that so that the, the partnership could work for everybody. I because wouldn't wouldn't you want to have a jurisdiction to help restore your reputation given what the Department of Justice felt inclined to do to them last year? Was we'll he? I'm missing something here. Uh, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the existential challenges with this entire situation. Let's use another example to try to dry down the, the point. Let's say you are a lender, whether you're a bank, petty lender, wh whatever. You you are you are a lender, and you have a customer who has who has borrowed money from you or, or taken on an obligation to you. Yes, you want to be repaid. Obviously, you feel like you've put something out there. You need to be repaid. What value do you have in then trying to get this person who is supposed to be repaying you fired? Why are you trying to cut off their ability to make good on the obligation that you've established? And that's where it becomes this this, this concern and this challenge. It's like, yes, we understand that, again, there's a resolution to be had, but you, this, is, this isn't allowing us to be in a better place to resolve the situation that you want resolved. Like, how is, it make, how is, making our, how is compromising our operation going to assist in driving that resolution? And that's where, again, as we look at, Strategic partnerships, as we look at people who are genuinely willing to be good stewards to the Virgin Islands. I mean, we, we at the Water and Power Authority are trying to be as good as stewards to the people of the Virgin Islands, even though sometimes people have a hard time grasping that or believing that. But again, th th these, are the, these are the challenges that are presented that make it harder for us to focus on all the things we need to be as good stewards to the community because we get these distractions that pull away resources, pull away time. I mean, CEO Smith, I'm sure you could talk to, th th your week would have been a very different week this week if this wasn't the tr the drama that we had to deal with. And this isn't just for the CEO, this is across the board. When, when, when it becomes this all-hands-on-deck response, the actual good progress that we are trying to and continuing to make gets disrupted. That means we get further and further from the finish line that we all are trying to arrive at. It it does not, it, it there is no benefit to the community with these type of approaches. Yes, resolution to be had, but clearly these type of strategies and these type of strategic partners it, it, it really creates a, a pressure that is, is, is a, for a community that's already been burdened. And we know and we all are sensitive to that burden that we are all established here. Where do we go from here, Mr. Smith? Yeah, so, so a couple of things. I'd, I'd like to echo what, what Director Kevin Fleming just said, is that, you know, we, we want partners that work with us, right? And, and you know, I'll give a, an example to the audience that, that your Chairman Fleming made about, you know, a lender. <clears throat> We've been working very closely but two of our lenders, First Bank and Banco Popular, right? Um, they, they, we have a very good working relationship with them. I'd like to say thank you to both of them uh, because we've spent a lot of time working with them about, you know, our plan forward. Um, and, you know, they, they, were, they were renewing some, some, some loans to us on, on a fairly short-term basis, and it was fairly expensive to do so. And, you know, they, they've now realized and agree that there's a path forward. And that it's counterproductive to charge us a lot of money every 90 days to renew these these debts. That 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 it, it's it's back to this long-term solution and a long-term vision, which is yes, you can get some payment in the short run, but it's to your disadvantage in the long run. And they they've both recognized that. Set seven C's. It makes our potable water. Same thing. Have a very very good working relationship with them. Um, you know, and it's taken time to build that. Right. But but those are the kind of partners we want to work with. Right. The path forward, Neville, at this point, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, coordination with Government House. Uh, again, the Water and Power Authority has and does 
stand ready to have you know a constructive conversation about a permanent resolution to this. Um, and quite frankly, at this point, um, you know it's it's getting VTOL to engage with that conversation and to do so in good faith without shutting off the fuel supply to the Virgin Islands, right? And that's 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 the next step we're working towards. Um, gentlemen, I want to thank you very much uh, for making this time uh, to to talk uh, about this topic. Um, keep the public abreast as to where we at. Um, CEO, wh when can we expect to hear another uh, update as to where we are? Because um, we're heading toward Thanksgiving, the holiday season, season a peak, a peak uh, window here in the Virgin Islands, and uh, th this time it couldn't be more awful. What's even more pathetic is that it happens a week, week and a half after the the gubernatorial election. Seems like uh, this was properly timed. Um, we're aware of, we're aware of how uh, people can do things and how they can set things up. Um, so how do we go from here? When, 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 can, when can we hear expect to hear from the Water and Power Authority on your end, and Mr. Chairman? Um, I think uh, I think our board meeting is 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 pretty much in order right now. Mr. Smith. So, so Neville, we, we you know as as this evolves, as, as events change, we will certainly be informing the public, you know, through through both media releases, media appearances, you know, the right, the, you know, the appropriate channels to keep the public informed. Um, you know, certainly, as I mentioned, we're looking to engage in a constructive conversation with VTOL. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful that it will. Um, and so, certainly, as as those events unfold, uh, you know, we we will be we will be you know communicating to to the to the to the, to the community. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I have done from day one, and, and hopefully the community is seeing this, is we have operated it with transparency, right? Um, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, you know, telling everybody what's going on. Again, I didn't talk about it on Wednesday because I didn't feel there was a reason to panic people unnecessarily, right? Um, because we, we, again, we stand ready to negotiate with VTOL on this issue. Um, and so we'll continue that transparency to the extent that it doesn't, you know, hurt commercial negotiations. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be open to talk about it. Mr. Chairman, Tamara and Oakleson. Yeah, no, and, and I think, you know, we look at timelines. I think, obviously, every, I want the community to be aware that this isn't something that uh, any level of indifference is being applied to. Uh, the, the, the criticality, the urgency is not just something that is, is quickly arriving. We know that this has been a challenge that we've been presented with and have been dealing with. Um, and, and I think we have the, the, the right team to be engaging and understanding what ultimately will be the most equitable solution for the people of the Virgin Islands. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And hopefully we can resolve this matter. Uh, the people of the Virgin Islands are not deserving of having to process this type of uh, bad news uh, given uh, the timing uh, of the year with the holiday season and all that stuff. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We'll be back right after this. for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com 
¿Estás bien? Mm, no sé. Dime. Es que, bueno, no sé cómo decirlo. Siento perdida. Nunca fui inferior. Cuando tus niños no encuentren las palabras, ayúdalos a encontrar la canción. Escucha el álbum Sound It Out y obtén consejos y herramientas para empezar una conversación en escuchandosentimientos.org. Un mensaje de Ad Council y Pivotal Ventures. Phones, social media, you've kept up with the times. If you can do that, you can definitely save for retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org and in just three minutes, you'll get free tips to help boost your retirement savings. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. The BBC World Service. What's going on here? We get to the heart of global issues. Stories we think matter from around the world. Everything was there in a way that I'd never heard before. Discussing the very best in global arts and culture. What has been happening on the financial markets today. Storytelling is something we absolutely love. Everyone's voice is so unique. Wow. It's a celebration. The BBC World Service. From 3 to 6 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. Your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers, and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. And we're back here and analyze this and uh I wanna thank my listeners, you know, because while <laughs> while I was having a discussion, I was being inundated by text messages left and right. And uh, you know, Facebook Messenger, uh text messages and all that stuff, right? Uh one of my good friends, he and I, um we the we the clash cause he's pre he's pro private sector and and all that stuff, and I can defend the government. You know, I've been a public servant and all that stuff. I done a private side now. Now, and one of the one of the the the, the issues we have, and this is before I, I bring in the good people from the Virgin Islands Children's Museum, and I want to to state this before I, I transition to them. I am not denying that the government of the Virgin Islands entered into a contract with a private sector company, and that you have to live up. Right, to your, uh, you know, side of the agreement and all that stuff. But if subsequent to that, said company is found to have bribed officials in foreign countries and had to pay the United States Department of Justice fines upwards of one hundred and sixty million dollars, then I have a right to look at you differently and wonder. What really took place when we entered into this agreement? So, you know, you could come and say, but how I dealt with Vital and all that stuff, and we got contract and all that. I, I deny that. All I'm saying is Vital has admitted that their predatory behavior, their illegal, unethical, immoral behavior cost them significant money. And they admitted to it. So if you want to hang out with those type of people, go ahead. I don't want them to do with them. I regret 
we got into an agreement with them. And now we're trying to figure out a resolution. And all I want is for my people, people who live here in the Virgin Islands, to live good. That's all I want. And I'm going to leave it at that. Because it's Friday. And uh, you know what I mean? The weekend coming and we go get some rest. Now, <clears throat> I want to know that Frankie who helped out Diana and the Zoom link. Did Diana ready? The Children's Museum, um, Chantal Hoeb. You did it? Good morning. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Long time not here. Great. How are you doing? I good, I good, I good. Who we got Who we got in the mix today? Today we have Liza Margolis and Amber McCammon. Okay. Um, may have Adam Parr and Maria Nesbitt, but I think uh, these ladies will definitely update you if they can. <laughs> Yeah, I can just um, you know yield to you, let you take over and let them know the import, um, the the value of the Virgin Islands Children's Museum and what's going on with IRA right now. So go right ahead. The floor is yours. Okay, awesome. Um, well, Amber and Liza, if you guys can hear me, I would um, encourage you guys to introduce yourselves. Uh, I have been fortunate enough to been on been on the show before with Mr. Neville James. So again, this is. Chantel Hohem, the Executive Director at the Children's Museum. And I want to um, welcome Amber. I just saw she- Good morning. (laughs) Yes, good morning, good morning. What a pleasure to be here. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, doing great, doing great. And yeah, we get to talk about uh, the right kind of people to hang out with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, Amber McCammon, I am the uh, Director of Programs and Curator at the Virgin Islands Children's Museum, um, where, yeah, we pull in the positive. (laughs) Oh, good, good, yeah, yeah. Get me me away from where I was a little while ago. I beg you, please. Um, and, And who else we got in the mix this morning? Hi, my name is Liza Margolis. How are you? I'm good. Good. Glad I'm to a longtime supporter, and um, I, I, my, uh, and I also have a membership to the Children's Museum with my son. I take him there frequently. But I was brought into this project to help with the lead on uh, marketing and just help them with this um, Teen Time project get off the ground. Okay, that's awesome. So. That's awesome. And you were saying it might have a couple other people as well, Chantel. Um, we'll we'll start with who's here. Um, but thank you again for for having us on today. And what we did want to talk about was our Teen Time program. Um, as you know, the exhibits in the Children's Museum, and if you haven't been, I encourage you to visit. But the exhibits in the museum are catered to children twelve and under. So we were really excited when we got this grant to have a teen specific uh, program. Um, and I'll let Amber go into it some more, but what the program basically is, to, to sum it up, it's a game night and a safe space for teens to come. They can get math tutoring, um, emotional support. They can just hang out with their friends. Um, some of the teens actually come with a parent or guardian um, or a group leader. So there's definitely that um, parent-child you know, play together um, dynamic and so yeah, Amber, please please t- tell us some more about this entire program because you've done so much of the work to to get it together. And tonight actually will be our I think fourth teen time, our third official or the fourth official. <laughs> hmm. 
Good question. <laughs> I think this is actually fourth official. She's saying official because we had one that was by invitation only, just so we could um, go through it once, uh, fix things, you know, tweak things, make it um, the best possible experience for everyone, uh, the, the general public, open door, come in and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So tonight, 5.30 to 7.30 is a teen time event. Um, as Chantel said, it's been in the works for a while. So um, even the original um, folks that ran the Virgin Islands Children's Museum had talked about doing um, game nights. Um, I was a volunteer at the time, but I was privy to, to those conversations. Um, so it's something we've wanted to do for a long time. Everybody in the territory knows. We talk about it all the time. There's nothing to do for our youth. They're on the streets. They're having trouble. They're, they're you know, falling in with bad crowds and all this stuff. We have all so much, you know, words to say, but not a lot of action <laughs> to put in place to give them other opportunities. So, you know, we, we've been discussing this for a long time. We want a safe fun environment for our youth, um, give them some positive outlet. Um, in walks Dr. Maria Nisbet. Um, she approached me because she really wanted to do something that helped bridge parents and adolescents um, and, and build interpersonal communication skills. So that's another area that, you know, we all could use some guidance and help. It's it's difficult transition time for for youth. Um, so that was a great idea. Um, and then Dr. Adam Parr has been working with the Virgin Islands Children's Museum for a number of years. He has led multiple different um, workshops um, ranging from music exploration, because he is also a musician, to mathematics and gaming. He's actually done Moncala workshops in the past for all ages, for different community events and for um, our member nights and so forth. So this was just, this This is kind of an escalation of the offerings he's already, already um, provided to us, which is great. So we brought the whole team together when we saw this, uh, this very, very, um, impactful <laughs> Surgeon General, Surgeon General uh, advisory that came out in 2021. Uh, you might remember this, um, protecting youth mental health. Um, the U.S. Surgeon General put out that advisory in 2021. It is, it was a big deal. It's still a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, the Surgeon General does not just put out advisories willy-nilly. Um, basically, that document open source to the public google it you can find it uh it's a really you know easy read um 53 pages though very impactful basically letting us know we already had a mental health crisis for our youth before the pandemic now with this you know lockdown that we had to have all of the stresses of you know <laughs> varied <laughs> components of pandemic um, have really put our our youth in, in an even worse position. So anything that, you know, different groups can do to help bolster them um, and give them an outlet, more's the better, right? So, yeah, once we found a grant that would allow us to bring this amazing team together and offer 
um, that social and emotional support with with life coaches, give them the time to just socialize. Like that's what this is. This is really called a psychosocial game night because that's psychosocial is is bringing in socialization is so much a part of the human experience. <laughs> we, we are social creatures. So we need that. Um, but we've also, because of the lost instructional time, so many kids were out of school for so long, um, you know, some of them have fallen behind in their math and their logic um, skill set. That's where the math and the, and the gaming comes in. Um, so yeah, it's multifaceted really comes down to we want a safe place for the kids to be able to come and enjoy. It's not all about like structured learning. It's free choice learning. Um, I, I want to emphasize that because I think the parents want to hear all that stuff behind it, all of the, you know, <laughs> what the doctors had to say. But the kids, they want to hear free food, <laughs> safe place my friends are gonna be there we get to hang out and do what we want yeah like like kids everyone's are, invited like <laughs> like kids like kids always do yes sir yeah, yeah we don't blame we don't blame them so tonight so t- tonight you said 5 30 Yes, 5.30 to 7.30. Okay. And I was going to say one of the things I really like about um, this program and something that keeps coming up because we know it's really popular is, uh, you know, video games. Um, And so one of the things that I like about this is that it really emphasizes the in-person, hands-on you know, games and, and play and socialization because we've been online mm-hmm. this entire like mm-hmm. two years, you know, it's kind of like, let's go for a minute and talk to people <laughs> like we're meant to. Um, so that's kind of one of my favorite parts about it. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, you know, the, the, the pandemic, the, the pandemic um, was what it was, is what it is. And, you know, it'll be what it'll be. But um, I'm hoping that we learn from it. You know, it, it's also a learning experience. Um, in terms of in terms of socializing, there's the socialization aspect with children, mm-hmm. since they, they they suffered a significant loss um, in terms of in in person learning and all that stuff, and entities like yours uh, playing a critical role because the gaps the gaps are real, and um, we we need folks like the Children's Museum uh, to help fill those gaps. It's, it's going to take longer for some than others, but um, we can't ignore. Um, that at some point, you know, we got to make, we got at least try to make up for some lost time, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so I, every, um, I think, I'm not sure about the, the very last one because that's when we had some weather. Mm-hmm. So I think a few folks stayed home that day. But every um, teen time before that, we've had between 40 and, and 50 um, people show up, which is our target. Um, so we've been we've been having, you know, filled up teen time. So I'm encouraging everyone, if you haven't been already, because we have seen some people come back. Um, if you haven't been already, definitely come at 530 today. Um, get your little snacks on before you can go in and, and you know, get introspective and, and think about math. Um, but definitely bring your friends. If we, we have a lot of volunteers who are high school um, students. So we encourage them, you know, let people know that this is going on. So um, you can register. I know Amber 
is probably going to mention the registration, but registration is not required. You can just show up um, to the museum at 530. If you, um, if you are a younger student, we would prefer that you come with your parent. We just don't want to see like a 12 or 13 year old like roaming around. Mm. Obviously, the older you get, you know, you, you're a little more free and you have that freedom. So definitely call us or, or email us if you have any questions and you can always visit our website. But um, Liza, would you like to add anything? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Community conversation, well, Liza. Oh, <laughs> no, this has been um, a really great um, I think an opportunity to experience, I think, for everyone involved. Um, the vibe changes quite a bit in the evening, so it's not the same vibe that you get during the day with all the kids and the noise. And it's it really reminds me of, like, the old school days when you're hanging out at a friend's house because we put rugs, throw rugs down and have, bit, like, board games and stuff like that. And it reminds me of, like, some of the old school days where it's, you don't have the loud video games and TV blaring in every room. You just kind of have this chill, fun, cool environment. Um, and I think that the the um, the children react really well to it because we've seen so many children that have come out um, that you could tell are very shy or might have a learning disability or people who are really in their shell for most of the time. And we've seen these children transform. Last week, we had a young girl that just broke out into this song and dance in front of a whole room full of people. And the mom was just in tears, just like, this is amazing, this this thing. So it's, it's a really different type of very welcoming, um, fun, wholesome environment where a lot of children have just bloomed and blossomed um, having this space. So that I think has been the most cool thing to me is seeing that this fun environment, just feeling like this, this at home feeling um, here that that's been really fun and the free food and also the transportation. <laughs> if there's anybody that is probably having issues with transportation, you have a group of students. We have, you know, locked in drivers who are willing to come pick up groups of students around the island. So please, if you need transportation for the students, we're, we we have done everything. So there's no reason for anyone not to come. We have food, we have transportation, we have games. It's not too late at night. Absolutely. Ms. Oheb, um, generally speaking, we're going to get that break. Um, and, and and I want to ask this question so you can think about it uh, uh, over the break. But um, I'm curious as to uh, the the museum's long term goals as it relates to, to 2023. You know, I know that um, you still you still building cache and all that stuff, but um, I, I I want to know how how we looking for for calendar year 2023. Um, because um, we're going to need, you know, entities like yours, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, to, to, to help us to continue to, to fill voids and fill gaps uh, going forward. So think about that over the break. Uh, we got the Children's Museum joining us this morning. We'll be back right after this.
if it's happening around the world. NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home. On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho. On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green. Morning edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Mario fue pintor más de 30 años. Cuando me dijo que se le estaban olvidando las cosas, fue difícil. Un día me dijo, me dijeron que pintara el marco del lado por dentro y pinté el lado de afuera. Yo le di a la gente que le diga a su familia lo que está pasando con él. Si algo se nota diferente, podría ser Alzheimer. Es momento de hablarlo. Visita alz.org diagonal nuestras historias para saber más. Un mensaje de the Alzheimer's Association y the Ad Council. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You could say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip-flops. You could ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m., right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Back here on Lays List, and we've got the Virgin Arts Children's Museum uh, joining us uh, this morning, uh, Ms. Chantal uh, Hoeb. And um, introduce your uh, colleagues again, Ms. Hoeb. Uh, we got um, Amber McCammon, the curator and also the director of programs here at the museum, and Liza Margolis, who is acting as one of our leads and marketing for this program, for the Teen Time program. Amber McKenna, Eliza Margolis. Okay, good. So, um, after we get through this um, holiday season, what are we looking at for the new for the new year, 2023? What do we want to do? Any goals? Any big goals that we're looking at uh, that we want to achieve in 2023? <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Well, my biggest goal would be to get our uh, payroll and our rent covered completely so we don't have to chat about that. Mm-hmm. Um but event-wise, some of the things that we're looking at, um, also remember for the public that the museum usually closes the first week of January. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, some of the things we would love to do, we have, as you know, because we've been on the show to talk about it, we have Youth Art Month in March. Um, that is going to happen again. Um, and what what's super cool is that we've been speaking with Willard John. Um, mostly Amber has been, been chatting with him, so she can give you an update there. But we're working on getting a Mokujumbi art exhibit together after Youth Art Month. 
Um, so you, you, I don't know if you went to the one at the museum in, in St. Croix, Mr. James, um, but he's he wants to bring that exhibit or exhibition over to St. Thomas and, and have St. Thomas and St. John artists participate in that. The event, um, the event, the event in St. Croix was oversubscribed. They had to, they had to reject people <laughs> by the door. That's all. Oh, that's, that's, that's good news. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. And and actually, as you say that, when we were talking with Mr. John, you know, you know how popular he is and how influential. So we one of the things that we were excited about is the new set of eyes that would be on the museum, you know, once we worked with him and did a project with him. So we're, we're super excited about that. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, another thing we did uh, this year was the hackathon, the, the Breakbeat Code hackathon. Um, we just got to distribute the prizes to the winners, so they got their Chromebooks and tablets. What we would love to do um, in the spring of next year would be an actual hackathon workshop. So instead of a um, hackathon where, I'm sorry, the Breakbeat Code workshop. So instead of a one-day hackathon, you have a six to eight-week program for children who are actually interested in coding um, and want to, you know, explore it some more. And we would love some support uh, for that. We have been looking for some grants, but nothing yet has come through. So if anyone is interested, give us a call. Um, <laughs> another thing I would really love to get together, um, and, and I know I'm speaking you know, Mr. James and a lot of, you know, I want to and I love because I, I feel it's been a, a a very like survival time instead of like let's thrive time. So again, I'm speaking all these wonderful things into the universe. <laughs> um, so also what I wanted to do is the coming school year. So the 2023-24 school year on a, on a small scale to start and see how it would work, like get a robotics program together. Um and to start from the the younger ages and to and to move up, you know, obviously we have a small team at the museum, but to use folks in the community to help us um, get robotics and expose robotics to our younger younger um, children. Um, as you know, summertime is always busy with our summer camps. But what I would love to have back next year would be our free field trip program. Um, Amber like gushes about this program so much, but it's a really great, great program where um, an entity paid for children to visit, including even the the cost of the bus, you know, transportation. So. We would love to get more children in here, and the best way to do that is to not have them have to pay to visit. Um, so if if anyone is also interested in getting more children in here from schools for free, give us a give us a call. Um, Amber, I'm sure you have some awesome things we've spoken about that I can't remember at the moment. Oh, I always have things. <laughs> There's no shortage of uh, right. great ideas. Uh, the, the limiting factor is always time and money and all and you know and even time can be solved with money <laughs> because then i can hire more people to help um so yeah there's there's multiple um exhibits in the works uh if you haven't come and seen our amazing mango farm to market exhibit that was um you know supported sponsored by alpine securities uh it is awesome but that beautiful well executed, very uh, thoughtfully curated exhibit took two years of planning. Um, these things don't happen quickly and they're 
expensive, um, but so worth it. Uh, the final product is absolutely gorgeous and super fun, a highlight of the museum for sure. We have some other exhibits in the works and we're always looking for more sponsorship and support um, just to help get those things rolling more quickly. The children never tire of what's in the museum. The parents that come with the children um, regularly, you know, our members and our repeat um, visitors, the parents are the ones that are often like, well, when are you bringing something new in? Um, we're working on it, always working on it. Uh, the kids, that they don't ever get bored. They're so great. Their imaginations are, you know, always working. And even if it's the same thing they've seen over and over and over again, no matter where it is, even at home, I, you guys see, they, they make their own fun, which is just um, infectious. It's wonderful. Um, so yes, exhibits are, are coming. We've got some like facilities stuff, not as fun, um, but we have some things that we need to fix and work on in the museum itself. So that's why we're gonna be closed the first week of January um, so that we can do that, uh, improve the health and safety of the actual physical space. Um, and then of course, team time actually wraps into the new year. So I do wanna emphasize that this is a short-term program. It is, you know, only going to be able to be offered for the life of the funding that we have unless someone steps in and helps us keep it going. So at this time, we have funding to do offer teen time game nights through March. So, you know, take us up on our offer. Show up this Friday if you can. If you can't show up this Friday, uh, well, tonight, <laughs> um, We've got three different sessions set up for December, and we'll have seven more teen time, um, adolescent and family game nights um, in the new year, uh, January, February, March. So check out our website, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, get um, updates that way. Uh, the website is www.vichildrensmuseum.org backslash teen time if you're looking for that specific information. Miss um, Hoheb, did you reach out to any yeah. of the, the, the senators um, about their support for nonprofits in the miscellaneous section of budget like I told you to do? Or, or you they have, yes. Um, and I, and I, um, I, didn't, I got two responses from, from two people, one on St. Croix, one on St. Thomas. Okay. Um, I think it'll, I think what I'll have to do is just go and drag them in, you know, <laughs> drag them in to see the space because once you do, I think all, all the, all the wheels start turning then it, it kind of doesn't matter when people see things on paper, like requests and, you know, give me money, but I, I'm going to go drag all of them in. <laughs> I'm coming into the museum. I mean, yeah. when you actually step in, it just, yeah. it's a different feeling, you know, um, and it's, it's, as you said, we're still building <laughs> our cachet and, and letting people know what a, a children's museum even is, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with this kind of interactive educational space. Um, we hosted, um, the hotel and tourism, like meet and greet recently and one of the the ladies said she was not expecting what she saw when she came into the museum she thought it was going to be children's artwork that's what a museum <laughs> is right um and we do do that <laughs> of course we love to to celebrate uh, the arts and humanities that's one of the things um that we do as a stream-based museum um but no this is hands-on interactive 
free choice learning. Um, we really, really try to emphasize family engagement. We want the kids and the adults to come and learn and explore and play together um, and have fun. So, but when you come in and you actually see the space and you feel the grand, you know, we've got really high ceilings. It just, it's, it feels it fun and yeah, yeah. So you gotta come in. You gotta come in and check it out in person to know what it's all about. I think that it's um, you know, it's not not a confusing name because I think the children's museum is, you know, there's children's museums all over the world. And I have to say that um, you know, I travel, you know, in the States when I visit family and I always seek out other children's museums. I've been to the, you know, Florida, you know, all, all over. And I have to say, this is one of the greatest ones. This is for um, an island. We, you know, I don't think people realize how phenomenal, phenomenal this place is. And it's funny because I think it should be changed to children's at heart museum because <laughs> I notice I, I see so many times people come in. It's not just, there's so many things that aren't just children related. There's a water room. I mean, I think I have spent more time in that room than my Sunday when we go there and you know there's so many like I'll see parents come in and they'll start kind of just playing with something and before you know it they're so engaged in this activity and their kids are off doing something else so it really is not just it's not when they say children's museum I think that's just the name but I want people to really come in and explore because it's so much more than that and there's so many wonderful rooms and different activities and interactive things for everybody yeah and you know, I, I can't recall, but for this whole interview, I don't know if we said Teen Time was free. <laughs> um, oh, <but> yes. <laughs> if we didn't, Teen Time is free. There's nothing, I know normally, you know, during business hours, there's an admission to get into the museum. There is not for Teen Time. You just bring yourself. Um, but what I really want to emphasize is there are not a like, like we have, I have some folks on St. Croix who are see posts all the time and they go, oh my gosh, how come we can't have something like this on St. Croix? Why aren't we doing this? Right. And so I really want to emphasize that when you do have programs in the community, it's important to support them so that they, we can have them again. Um, when we can report the number of children and and uh, parents that came to the events, the number of people involved, that's the kind of stuff that keeps programs going. So I know it's easy to say, oh, share it and, you know, but show up, show up and come. And, and if you need math tutoring, come get it. If you want to talk to someone, come do it so that we can have these programs again so that other organizations can do programs like this. But you know how it goes. We You get a budget. Sometimes you don't spend it, you don't get that budget again. So so come, ask for transportation, um, let us get you to teen time <laughs> somehow. Um, but that's really what I what I wanted to say and, and use the Children's Museum and other, or other organizations in the community to build what we need for the community. Chantal Hoheb, Amber McCammon, McCammon or McCammon? McCammon. McCammon and Liza Margolis. Yes, I want to thank you very much for making, making some time to, to, to join so us and, and, and have a successful event this evening. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. It was a pleasure. You got it. You got it. That's uh, the VI Children's uh, Museum over there in St. Thomas. Um, we got an event this evening beginning at 530 or 730. And uh, anything that we could do uh, to help uh, entities like these because you know the government can do everything. And uh, we need uh, the Children's Museum and entities of that uh, nature uh, to provide for our, our young people. And uh, we appreciate everything they do. Thanks a lot, okay? Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Thank have you. Have a blessed day. You got it. Have a Thank good you. Enjoy Bye. the weekend. And tell Daddy I say hello. Uh, Chantel. I will. Oh, okay, good. Uh, Bye. You got it. Uh, Frankie Hoheb. Pick me. That's how we just around here. Yeah. So, uh, glad that we ended the, the show on a good note. Uh, entities like that. Um, you know, filling the gaps. Because, um, you know, how it is, of course. Uh, the middle of the show kind of rough having to process um, what we're dealing with. And right now, you know, Island of St. Croix, Island White Power Outage, you know, it's rough. It's like it's rough. I, I, you know, you know, I've been here all my life, right? I've never lived anywhere else, right? You know, I mean, I've been away to college and, and all that stuff, take a little vacation, now and again, all that stuff. But this is home, right? And, you know, I, I want us um, to max out our potential uh, as a people, individually and collectively, right? And I had a good conversation with Ronnie Russell and... Um, last week, Monday, the day before the election. And I told him, look, um, my goal is that those of us who reside here, who've committed to the Virgin Islands, that we be the ones who benefit from anything happening here. And, and that includes our children, you know, and entities like the Children's Museum, you know, Allowing for our children to grow and broaden their scope and all that stuff, but you know, in the in the macro for the territory, you know, we can't keep doing the same thing and and expecting a different result. And and you know, we got to commit to getting back to base, right? Get back to where you know we've reestablished our template you know, infrastructurally and all that stuff. And then, you know, make the decisions that would allow for us to feel like as if we're heading in a productive direction. You know, and I and I, I feel bad that, you know, we're subjected to things that are beyond our control, but you know, until we get our collective commitment and we're gonna continue to struggle. And we don't want that to happen no more. Okay? So enjoy the weekend. Be back on Monday. Thanksgiving week begins Sunday, right? Talk to you then. God willing. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. 
During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.